You're listening to a podcast from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries. For more information about our church, please visit us at rmcmchurch.org. You can open your Bibles with me over to Psalm chapter 5. So I want to talk to you this morning about the favor of God. And um, I want to talk to you about recognizing his favor on your life, celebrating his favor on your life, and never apologizing for his favor on your life. And we've been talking, I mean, our, our series about is about not making ourselves easy prey for the devil. And when we're not recognizing God's favor on our life, for one thing, his favor a lot of times uh, can help uh, guide us in life as to what God's in and what he's not and that kind of thing. Uh, but also when we're not recognizing his favor on a on a regular basis, on a daily basis, we're not thinking about the favor and the, I'll just link the blessing of God on our life with uh, and we're not thinking about it on a regular basis, it, it becomes really easy to get uh, very lack-minded, to get very um, thinking about what you don't have or haven't seen yet or that kind of thing and get discouraged, get hopeless, get off track. So I want to talk about this subject and I need to make uh, some some statements up front. We're going to go to Psalm chapter 5 verse 12 uh, in a few minutes, but I, I want to make some statements of, up front. We're talking about the favor of God, and we'll define that in just a moment, but uh, the, the actual definition, and by the way, this word favor depends on which translation you look at, but it's used in the, in the scripture, it's used well over a hundred times. I think one of the minimums that I found was 117 times. Uh, in the Amplified Bible, it's up to 275 times. This is not a small issue in the scripture, the favor of God. And, and we are going to define it, both Old and New Testament. It does mean an atmosphere of privilege and advantage that surrounds the believer. And we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more in a minute. But as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about the fact that right now in our culture, there's this whole uproar about privilege, okay? And it's being painted as that privilege, and, and no matter what your politics is this morning, I really want you to listen to this. Because it's not about, what I'm going to say to you is not about the political issue. It's about something else. But there's this whole idea. We hear that word privilege all the time. And it's a, and it's a negative message about, about privilege. That if you have privilege that you didn't earn, if you have an advantage that you didn't earn, which is exactly what the favor of God is. It's exactly what it is. It's an advantage that we didn't earn. Jesus earned it and it's given to us. It is absolutely hand-in-hand hand linked to the idea of grace. You can't separate the two. In fact, the same word is used to, to, for both of those ideas. But so the message we get is that advantage by itself, okay, if you didn't earn it, that that's evil because it's unfair. It's unfair for you to have an advantage, to have a privilege in your life just because you were born a certain color or in a certain place or with uh, your family had money, or whatever it might be. 
I want to use that as an example this morning. This is what takes place in our culture a lot, is human beings, primarily without God, they look at life and they come up with an idea. And it may be, and there's almost always a grain of truth in it. I mean, obviously the idea of justice is on God's heart. It is a part of who he is. The idea of fairness is on God's heart, but we tend to redefine it according to our own terms. And then we tend to, like in this case, we will throw out a biblical idea and a biblical blessing to us because of something we're experiencing in the culture and in humanity that may or may not, you know, it may be something that's not right, but it is, this is what the devil likes to do is get us pulled down into human ways of thinking without God. And, and here's what we do. We interpret what God has said or who God is through our experience. We look at our experience and we look through our experience on earth and things that human beings do without God things that are unfair, things that are unjust, things that are wrong. We look through those and we reinterpret or dismiss a biblical principle. Instead of looking to God and looking to Jesus Christ, who the scripture says is the exact image of the Father. Okay, the exact image of the Father. And instead of honoring God by believing his word and then viewing what's going on on the planet through the word. Okay, do you get the difference? Instead of taking our circumstance and trying to create a theology that's, that's looking at God through our circumstances on earth, instead of creating what we believe about God that way, instead, no, we need to get to know God as he has identified himself and see his principles and understand them and then look through that lens at what's going on on earth. And here's, if we do that, here's what we find out. Again, this word favor is used over and over and over and over and over in the scripture. It is a big deal on God's heart. He favors his family. If that pokes at your heart, you need to rethink it. He favors his family. He, he gives gifts. He loves everybody. He loves everybody. He values everybody. But not everybody is his family. He's made that available to everybody in Jesus Christ. But it's still a choice that we have to accept Jesus. And then the scripture tells us that through Jesus Christ, we have, uh, we have been given the, the privilege of becoming his children. Okay, so it's just like at Christmas, those of you who have kids, you get some gifts for your kids. But you don't get gifts for everybody's kids. You might get gifts for some of the other kids, but you probably favor your kids. You should. You should. And if any of your parents are denying that you favor your kids, we can tell you lots of stories about that. We love your kids. We love your kids, but we don't love them as much as you do. And we shouldn't. You're their parents, okay? It's the same way with God. In fact, I think we get that trait from God. He loves everybody. You've got to separate some of these things in your thinking, but there is favor, there's advantage, there's privilege available to you as a child of God that is not available to everybody. 
And the reason that that's, we tend to think of that as, well, it's unfair because it's not deserved. You know what? If you take that, if you take that viewpoint, you're going to dismiss everything. There is nothing, including just basic salvation. I'm spending eternity with God. I didn't deserve that. You need to get comfortable with living a life that you don't deserve because that's what God has offered you. Now, whether you get arrogant with that or whether you misuse that, think about this, advantage. Separate it from all the garbage that's going on out there. Advantage. An advantage is not evil. A privilege is not evil. How you use it might be evil. You don't have to. You can use an advantage to bless people. You can use an advantage to raise others up. Okay, you can use a privilege to bless people or you can use a privilege in an unjust way. Absolutely. But if we're going to use these terms this morning, and we are because this is what the Bible says, we're going to use these terms this morning. I just wanted to start with this so that all of us can get on the same page and realize, hey, I need to recognize that there is advantage and privilege available to me on my life from Jesus Christ. And I can use that. It is a part of what God has given me to bless people, to be a blessing. And we're going to see that God actually, when there's a, when one of our, one of our things we're going to talk about this morning is when darkness really needs to be broken in life, God goes and finds somebody that he can show favor on and sends them into that situation with his favor to break that darkness. So we need to turn that around. And, we, and, I, and I say all of that to you this morning because what the devil likes to do to talk us out of what God has done or dismiss his word in our lives is he, he all, always comes to us with a partial truth. And he, and he turns that thing. And again, he'll get us to look at, he'll pull us down into the mire of society instead of standing above and looking at who God is and from that discovering what, we should be and what we should be doing and what is ours and how to use it and all that kind of thing. He likes to pull us down in and he'll do it with a partial truth and he'll get us to dismiss the blessings of God with it. He does the same thing with the whole idea of God wanting to prosper a spirit, soul, body, socially, financially, in every way. God wants you to increase. It couldn't be clearer in the scripture. It couldn't be clearer. But if he can get you to believe that, that you having wealth, including financial wealth, but certainly not limited to that. We've talked that through a bunch of times. Uh, that you having that, that that is inherently evil, then he's going to keep you at a level where you can't really help other people. Okay, so he does this with all kinds of things. And I just think this is another example of one of those ideas that right now uh, it w he is trying to steal from the church uh, through bringing a lot of ideas out of the world to us. So I say again, advantage is not evil. It can be used for, for good or for evil. But in order to use it for good, you're going to have to first accept it. You're going to have to first receive it. You're going to have to first receive the favor of God in order to use it to bless other people. If you reject it, and the other thing is, you're going to have to not apologize for it because not everybody's going to like it. Not everybody's going to like that you find. We have, and I really don't want to get too far ahead of myself right now, but I mean, we've seen over our lives, we learned this early on, and we've seen this especially in the area of employment. We've seen it in a lot of areas, but especially in the area of employment, we've, we have found favor with our employers 
we have found favor with people. We have gotten jobs when there aren't any jobs. We have been able to uh, rise up within, within the jobs that we had. And it was the favor of God. That doesn't eliminate the need for us to live in integrity, to get to work on time, to do the basics. But there was favor there. There were things that uh, we, we, had, we were given advantage. We were given blessing. And I mean, I, can, I could tell you a lot of stories on it. If we have time, I might, a couple. But, but we've had a lot of this experience in our life. Well, some people thought that was great and some people don't. Some people see it as unfair. And yet, it's the blessing of God. And I'm not going to apologize for it. I, I absolutely, and, and there are some things that happened in the last week or two or just some stuff going back and forth with people who don't even know me at all or know us, have never been here, don't even live in this state, and I haven't seen since, I guess, sometime in high school, and, and will feel very free to criticize things about our life because we're pastors. And, and it's like God was just rising up again and saying, don't, I wasn't tempted, but he reminded me. So, you know, don't ever apologize for my blessing on your life. It's an, it's a, it's an illustration of my goodness. It's available. I'll remind you of this this morning, and then hopefully we'll get to the scripture. God is no respecter of persons in the sense that what he does for one of his kids, he'll do for another. And everybody's invited to be his kid. Everybody's invited. We can't really do that. We can't, we don't have the resources in ourselves to buy everybody Christmas presents. That'd be fun. We don't have those resources. So, you know, we favor our family. God can bring everybody into his household and supply every one, every single one. So let's go over. Did you find Psalm chapter five yet? Hope so. Uh, Psalm chapter five, verse 12, really simple. It says, for surely, O Lord, everybody say surely. That means it's probably going to happen. For surely, O Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as a shield. This is, this is something we have prayed. We have prayed this scripture over our lives, all of our Christian lives. Your favor surrounds us as a shield, surrounds us as a shield. That, that to me means it goes in ahead and it guards the backside, which to me is my mistakes. When I blow it, that shield of favor is still there. Here's, here's the definition uh, of favor. And again, this is just directly out of uh, the words that are used in the original language here. Favor is an atmosphere of unmerited acceptance, preference, or privilege which surrounds the believer. Unmerited, got to get used to it. I can't earn it. It's not based on me doing all the right things. I can walk out of it by how I live my life, for sure. If I don't choose to walk with Jesus, then I'm just, it's just like anything else that comes from grace. I see grace as a flow of God's life and God's blessing and God's acceptance and all of that. It's, to me, it's like, it's like a river that ever since Jesus went to the cross is just pouring from the throne of God toward humanity. But, you know, I can, I can either get in the river or I can walk outside the river, you know, depending on if I choose. God's favor is already on God's ways. God's blessing is on God's ways. When we live in his ways, 
we're still not earning it, but we're stepping into it. We're, ste- we're, we're living where the favor of God flows. So it's an atmosphere of unmerited. Get that word atmosphere. Get that word surrounds. His favor surrounds us. That means it impacts your environment, not just you. It's not just for you. Nothing that God gives us is just for us. Our life isn't just about us. I see some surprised looks. No, I I don't. Our life is not just about us. There's nothing about the Christian life that's just about us. There's nothing about the, you know, the bottom line of God's covenant with Abraham was I'll bless you and you will be a blessing. I'll bless you and you will be a blessing. That's what the blessing of God is for. So, see if we can finish this paragraph. Uh, Atmosphere of unmerited acceptance, preference, or privilege, which surrounds the believer, opening opportunities, giving advantage, generating promotion, increasing influence, and protecting against unwarranted accusation. Doesn't mean the accusation won't come. Just means it'll be stopped in favor. You don't have to fight fight every battle. You don't have to fight every criticism. You don't have to justify yourself in everything. There are certainly times to stand up and say, hey, that's just not true. But for the most part, you know, let the favor of God keep your reputation. Let God, he's better at keeping our reputation than, than we are. So again, for surely, O Lord, you will bring this atmosphere into my life. All right. So again, favor is a free gift. It's, a, it's available to everybody, but we do have to choose the life in which it's offered. Okay. Um, be grateful for favor and generous with the favor on your life. Okay. Knowing that it's undeserved. Just be, be grateful for it. But when you find God's favor flowing in your life, then be generous with it. You know, invite people into it. Use, it. use it to help people, okay? So it says that our his favor is like a shield. It surrounds us like a shield. We usually kind of think of a shield on one side, but, you know, they used to make shield walls around themselves. They used to do all kinds of things. And so to me, a shield... Uh, you know, it was a defensive weapon, but it also could be an offensive weapon. And, and they could uh, push forward with the shield. A lot of times they would link their shields together. The Romans certainly did and would push forward. And so it's like the favor of God oftentimes acts like that. It ushers us. It, it opens the way for us into positions into promotion into that type of thing it is it is just there again this doesn't eliminate the need for us to be and and i guess i'm going to probably use a lot of examples from employment although this certainly fits in you know every area of life but this never eliminates the need for us to walk in other godly principles it never eliminates the need for us to walk in integrity for us to be good employees. It never eliminates the need for us to be honest. It never eliminates the need for us to be an employee that works whether the boss is watching you or not, you know? Um, We, again, saw so much of this. And one of the places I can talk about a little bit is when we had uh, moved for a while from Albuquerque up to Durango, 
and we were working for the United Van Lines. I was moving furniture at that time. This was before God called us to the ministry, and and we were working for the United Van Lines office there, and um, driving driving truck and moving furniture. And the guy that had it at that time, this was a long time ago, the guy that had it at that time, uh, was just a very dishonest person. And he frequently wanted us to lie to the shippers, you know, the people whose furniture we were carrying. Wanted us, he wanted us to tell them, well, we'll be there Thursday morning when we weren't even going to be in that state Thursday morning. And he knew that good and well. He already had a pickup somewhere else for us, but he wanted us to lie to the shipper and keep them, kind of play them along. And then we get there on Saturday. Well, we wouldn't do that. And it, and it wasn't, it was just because, well, we're not going to lie to people for you. And so he wasn't all that happy with that. But our shippers, and we didn't do, I'm telling you, we didn't do anything special. We just did the job. We have been shocked all of our lives that people could view you as just such an awesome employee when all you did was show up on time for work, do the job you agreed to do, do the best you could to have a good attitude while you were doing it, you know? And I definitely went in and out of that because, you know, I had a lot of jobs that I didn't like, you know? But didn't matter. I'd agreed, I'd given my word to do this job for this amount of money. And so you just do it. And I mean, that was basically it, you know? And if the boss left, we kept doing our job. I mean, it was just basic stuff. And they just thought, oh, you're, and I, I mean, from what I hear from all of you, it's even worse today. So, but, but I mean, that's all we did. We were just doing our job to the best that we could. But the favor of God, because we would, a lot of times he'd tell them we were going to be there on a certain day. We weren't even going to be, and we didn't even know it, you know, and then we'd get there. They still loved us. It was just the most bizarre thing. They'd feed us. They'd give us big tips. They'd write letters to the, to the office there and tell how great we were and what a wonderful job we did. And it irritated him to no end because we weren't, you know, and again, we were respectful of him, but I'm not going to disobey God for you. You know, he'll find me another job. And, and there again, there were times when, you know, it was one of those times when it's like, oh, there's no work. There was always work. And God always got us work. And we, so we just saw this, but it doesn't, you know, that favor, it opens the door for you. And it comes along behind. It comes along behind and protects you so that you don't have to try and always be thinking of everything that's behind you. It really works about uh, on the level of accusation and things that come in to our life. So in both Old and New Testament, okay, favor is always expressed as an inherent component of the grace of God. They, they go hand in hand. Again, nearly the same word for grace and for favor is used. Favor is essentially the grace of God in motion. It is the grace of God creating an atmosphere. It is the grace of God influencing the hearts of people around you. And so what I, why are we talking about this? Because I want you to look for it. I want you to celebrate it. I want you to enjoy it. When things aren't going right, I want you to remember the favor of God. When somebody complains about it, I don't want you to apologize for it. It's the favor of God. It's the blessing of God, and it's available to everybody. It's available to everybody, okay? Um, 
So it's always freely given. It has to be freely received. Okay, if you believe that favor has to be deserved, that's going to immediately move you into trying to live by works. Immediately. You're gonna, it's all going to be about your behavior. It's all going to be, and again, I'll say it one more time, probably 10 more times. This doesn't eliminate the need for godly living. Okay, because we've seen that too. Oh, I'm just going to be a lousy employee and then expect the favor of God to make up for it. He's not obligated to do that. You know, I mean, that's just, that's just, silliness. Okay. We need to live a godly life, but what it kind of does, it's not a replacement for, for those character traits, but I believe it extends the reach and power of those character traits. We were not that much better employees than anybody else there, and yet we experienced all this favor. Okay. So, and this, don't, don't get the idea. I mean, we had lots of bad days. We had lots of bad bosses. We had lots of bad co-workers. We had all the same stuff you do, but we believed Psalm 512. Okay, the favor of God surrounds us as a shield. There are times when <laughs> you've got to speak that and speak that and speak that. The favor of God surrounds me as a shield, you know. Get it in your heart, okay? So throughout the scripture, we see favor produce um a kind or friendly disposition toward individuals. This is what favor does. It produces a kind or friendly disposition toward you. It produces vindication against accusation. Vindication against accusation. Okay? Favor produces an inclination to benefit, protect, or support someone. Again, all this is coming just right out of the definition of the word. Okay? Uh, an inclination to benefit, protect, or support someone. Um, it says that God caused the Egyptian people, when Israel was leaving Egypt, remember? It says, God caused the people of Egypt to be favorably inclined toward the Israelites, and they gave them all their wealth. And Israel carried that wealth out into the promised land. Okay, Israel carried that wealth out into the desert. All right, it, he caused the Egyptians to be favorably inclined. Here are these slaves that are getting ready to leave and everybody comes and says, oh, take my gold jewelry with you. That's not normal, okay? That's just not a normal response. That's the favor of God and that's what it says. He caused them, he caused them to be favorably inclined. Okay, so the favor of God, I, I don't believe that God just, you know, twists people's hearts and forces their will, but, but somehow favor causes this atmosphere around us. Again, it's not, it's not like life's going to be perfect. And let me say this, and we got to move on. We can increase or decrease in favor. And I can't say I totally understand that, but Luke chapter 2 verse 52 says, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and increased in favor with God and man. Jesus increased in favor with God and man. How do you increase with favor in favor with God? I don't know. I don't know. It just says he did. So I, I take it at that. I understand increasing in favor with man, but it says there was an increase of the favor seen upon his life, increased in favor with God. So you, you can, um, you really don't even, I've read lots and lots of stuff about that. I just haven't settled on exactly what I believe about that. So you don't have to 
feel the need to come up and give me all your theories on that verse uh, after church. You can if you like, but I mean, I'll listen, but it's like, yeah, I've probably already heard it and I'm just not sure. So until the Holy Spirit says something, that's my stance. I'm not sure, but it says it, so I believe it. Okay. Uh, Okay. So let's uh, jump over to, I want to look at Genesis chapter six, verse eight. Again, really simple verse, but with huge implications here. It says Noah, but Noah, found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Let me back up and start in verse five. Okay, Genesis chapter six, verse five. It says, this is the NIV. The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become and that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. That is an amazing statement. That every inclination of the thoughts of man's heart was only evil all the time. The Lord was grieved that he had made man on the earth and his heart was filled with pain. That's a verse I just, you know, I think about that. I mean, that's God. I love the fact that it doesn't say God saw all this in man, his thoughts of his heart, evil all the time. And boy, was God angry. It doesn't say that. It says his heart was filled with pain. And remember, the verses we're about to read, this was before the cross. This was before the wrath of God for sin had been poured out on Jesus Christ. This was, as in many places in the Old Testament, what we're going to see is sin without the solution of grace that we have today. And so it says, so the Lord said, I will wipe mankind whom I have created from the face of the earth, men and animals and creatures that move along the ground and birds of the air, for I am grieved that I have made them. And then the next verse, but Noah, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And so what God does, he looks at this, the whole world's dark. It's all bad. I'm not seeing any good thoughts. He finds somebody, that darkness needed to be broken on the earth. So yeah, there was judgment coming, but even before the judgment came, he found somebody that he could have favor upon had favor upon that person and in that favor brought him into partnership with God's plan for bringing ultimate restoration. Does that make sense? Do you get that? So God looks out, sees all this darkness. I believe that's what happens a lot of times when he looks out and he sees darkness in a workplace. Then he finds somebody that he can put his favor upon and sends them into that place to carry his presence, to carry his restoration into that place. When he sees darkness in a family, he'll find somebody to put favor upon and and send them into that family. That can be you and I. So again, favor can be used to deliver the goods. Favor can be used to bring, to change an atmosphere in a home or a workplace or a church or a community or whatever. It it can be used to change what's going on there. God saw Noah and he he put he sees ruin on the earth and he finds somebody he can pour that favor out on. All right. Um, Proverbs eleven eleven says, "By the blessing of the influence of the upright and God's favor, the city is exalted." By the blessing of the influence of the upright and God's favor, the city is exalted. Not just that upright person. The city gets better when God's people are experiencing his favor and his blessing. The city benefits. The surroundings benefit. Favor always 
affects more than just you. It's wonderful to know and to experience and to enjoy the things that are, you know, the favor of God on your life. That's all fantastic. And you should enjoy it. You should celebrate it. You should enjoy the position or the privilege or the, you know, good relationship or whatever it is that comes through that favor. You should enjoy that. But always remember, it's not just for you. It'll affect people around you. And again, I think we have to add our faith to all of these things so that as we go into that workplace, we understand the favor of God is on my life and it's going to change everybody's experience there. I'm determined that it will change everybody's experience there. The rest of that verse said, but, but the, the city is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. So that tells me that the people that are living in God's favor and blessing are saying different things than the people who are not. If we're just saying the same thing that everybody else out there is saying, then we're probably right down there in the mire and we are releasing into the earth the same junk that everybody else is saying. City can be brought down by the mouth of the wicked or lifted up by the influence of the righteous. Did you get that? That's good. Luke chapter 1, verse 28 through 33. Luke 1, 28 through 33. Uh, you know, I, I wanna, I'm going to have to move on. Let me just give you these verses briefly. I won't take time to read them all. This is about Mary. And when, when the Lord, when the angel comes to Mary and the Holy Spirit's going to come and he's going he's to release the word and the word's going to incubate inside her and be born as Jesus Christ. He says, he calls her, he says, you are highly favored of the Lord. You know, well, the natural circumstance is she's a little girl who's suddenly going to be pregnant out of wedlock in this society. It's, you know, that doesn't look all that good. But the angel's message was, you are highly favored of the Lord because what's going to be released on the inside of you is then going to change the whole situation and change the whole world. You are highly favored of the Lord. Just get the picture of God's word coming to you and you being highly favored of the Lord and going into whatever situation, workplace, societal issue, family issue, whatever it is, and releasing that word. You are highly favored of that. That is what favor does. It goes on and, and later it says, don't be afraid, Mary, you've found favor with God. And then he starts to tell her about this, this child that's going to come forth. And then finally, Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19 you guys all know this, Jesus quoting from Isaiah about himself, the spirit of the Lord is upon me uh, because he has anointed me, the anointed one, the Messiah, to preach the good news, the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to announce release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to uh, send forth as delivered those who are oppressed, who are downtrodden, bruised, crushed, broken down by calamity, to proclaim the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord, the day, get this, the day when salvation and the free favors of God profusely abound. That's the day in which we live. The free favors of God profusely abound. Jesus came, favored of the Lord, to release the favor of the Lord, to bring us into a season of the favor of God. This is a season that God has called the season in which, the season in which my favor profusely abounds. So again, don't let what you see around you, how do I want to say it? Don't let what you see around you define how you view the season in which we live. 
This is the season in which the favor of God profusely abounds. Isn't that good? Okay, so I just want to give you a, a, a few things here. We develop the ability. This is the wrong slide. That's okay. I've got the right one down here. Ignore that. That's from last week. I never put this up. Let me give you the right paragraph. The common denominator of biblical examples of people who walked in great favor is that they had a worshiping heart and prioritized God's purposes above all else. Let me say that again. The common denominator of biblical examples of people who walked in great favor is that they had a worshiping heart and they prioritized God's purposes above all else, seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. You know, great examples of the favor of God, Joseph. You know, we think of, I think we think of Joseph immediately. Got pulled into all these terrible situations and rose to the top by the favor of God in every single one of them and benefited the entire realm, the entire nation by the favor of God that was on his life. Daniel and his buddies, okay, that were in captivity, they refused to bow down and worship uh, the way the, the the way the government was telling them to worship, they refused to bow down and worship that way. That's exactly what was going on. They they insisted on uh, honoring God with their lives and the things that they did. And in every case, they had the favor of God on their lives, and they rose to positions where they could help all these other people, where they could turn around what was going on. Noah had a worshiping heart and a godly life. And so God's favor rested on his life. Mary carried that worshiping heart. Just before those verses we read, it says she was treasuring up the, the words that God said and the things that she saw, the things when, when Jesus, uh, you know, they went and they, they went to the feast and then they left and turned out he wasn't with them anymore. He'd stayed in Jerusalem and they had lost the Messiah and everybody was freaking out. And they got back and he's there in the temple. And he said, well, where'd you think I'd be? I'd be in my father's house. Well, all of those kinds of things. It keeps saying Mary treasured those things up in her heart. She kept treasuring those things. That was an aspect of who she was and what she did. She was highly favored of the Lord. Okay. Again, Daniel and all his companions, all these, all these examples in every case, people had a worshiping heart and they chose to walk with God, not to compromise any available, uh, uh, anything that was available to them. So again, we have found, uh, just have a couple minutes left here. Um, we have found privilege and advantage and favor. We've had jobs where we went in and, and we said, you know, um, we want this job, we want to work here, but I can't work on Sundays and I can't work on Tuesday nights because we had Bible study Tuesday night. Just can't do it. And if that's not going to work for you, that's fine. You know, I understand that, but but we, we can't do that. And in in every case, we were allowed to do that. Again, some of my coworkers didn't like it. But if it was a problem with the, I would very respectfully say, then this isn't the job for me and go find a different one because it was going to keep God first. But we did. We found that favor. I told you about the situation there in Durango. I think that was one of the most clear. I don't know if God was just teaching us or what, but I mean, we saw it favor after favor after favor after favor. We were just very blessed in that situation. Um, we've seen when we were beginning to, 
uh, look at this property. You know, the, the owners at the time leased this place to us for $1,000 a month and put every bit of that toward our eventual payment on the property. And at the and the and the the guy at the at the closing table, he said he laughed. I mean, he was glad he'd done it, but he said, "I have no idea why I did that." You know, I mean, that that was a little extreme. You know, we could have could have split it or something. But anyway, it was his deal. We didn't ask for it, but it was just the favor of God. We just saw the favor of God, and you can too. And that's you know, I think it's so important in this to remember that you know. When you see the favor of God, this is one of those things. You see it on somebody else's life, celebrate it because that's available to you too. This is another, we say this all the time. It's so important for us to get the idea, celebrate other people's blessing because it's not just for them. If you're believing for that and you haven't seen it yet, celebrate theirs because God's no respecter of persons. What he did for them, he'll do for you. Just let it lift you up. Don't get angry. Don't get jealous over favor that you see on other people's lives. And we, and we see that a lot. And you're going to see it from the world. You're going to have to, uh, you know, you, you're just going to have to be able to, in some cases, just say, you know, I love you. I'm not going to be ugly about this. But if, if somebody is jealous over your blessing, that's their problem. That's not yours. And I, we should never apologize for the blessing of God in our life. I wish I had time. I've got one more story I'd like to tell you, but I just don't, we don't have time for it. But I, I just encourage you as, as God promotes you, as God, you know, I mean, stupid things. I don't mean stupid. Sorry, Lord. Um, little things. God has always, we have always had better mountain bikes than we should have. And God, there's a story behind every one of those things in our lives. The motorcycles that I have, people get upset about that. It's like, if you knew the stories, behind, there's a series of blessings that came along that made that possible that I, you know, I don't have time to, or nor do I need to tell everyone, but it's like in every case, yeah, I don't, number one, I don't have to have that to be happy. Number two, no, I don't deserve it. It's the blessing of God in my life. And, and it's the same for you. And I think it's so important to recognize those things and to have those stories and understand, you know what? Yeah, God made that possible and it blew me away too. But if some people are upset about that, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to apologize for the blessing of God in my life. Not going to do it. Just not going to do it. Okay, does this make sense to you? To get something on this? Let's, let's pray together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, we, we do thank you, Lord, that you are such a good God and that, Father, oh, I just can't get away from that. We live in the day when the free favors of God profusely abound. And it starts with us being born again and coming into your kingdom by making Jesus the Lord of our life, coming into your family, being welcomed into your family, and Father, I thank you for all in, in everything that we face and all the little struggles and big struggles that we all have every day, Lord, in the midst of that, we can recount your favor and your blessing. And my prayer today for us specifically is as we go out into this community, into all of our various niches and jobs and homes and neighborhoods and all those places that we interact, Father, that your 
favor would be seen upon us to lift up the whole community, to lift up, to to be an access point, Lord, for the, the blessing of God to flow throughout our community. Father, we thank you that by our mouths and our lives, Lord, Gunnison and Crested Butte and the entire Gunnison Basin will be lifted up. They will be better places to live. It will be easier for people to come to know God. It will be easier for people to get free from sickness and disease. It will be easier for people to prosper. It will be easier for them to build their business. It will be easier for them to raise their family because your favor through your church is upon this community. And we thank you for that, Lord, and we look for it. We ask you, Holy Spirit, please, 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 please nudge us, show us, remind us of the favor of God and help us to always celebrate it and proclaim it in Jesus' name. Thank you for it. Amen. All right, we're going to go out of here today. I know there's a lot of goodies out there. Jeff brought a bunch of stuff. That'll get wiped out like a bunch of locusts in about 10 seconds. But, but anyway, we're going to say Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world together. Um, I would ask if, if you're going to go ski this afternoon, just let us know. That'll be helpful. And otherwise, go out there. Be blessed. You are highly favored of the Lord. All right. One, two, three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries in Gunnison, Colorado. We hope you will visit us at rmcmchurch.org, like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our messages on YouTube.